Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, friend, and welcome to episode 87 of the Still Space podcast, Why I Am Moving. In this episode, I'm going to share with you some complete surprises that I came upon in my life and what happens when you remain open to them and get curious about them and not read too much into them. So I'm just going to explain this to you like I would tell a story because as I tell you on this podcast and I work with my clients, when you can tell a story as opposed to talk about yourself in any other capacity, when you can show it through the eyes of a story, it's much more compelling. Would you rather watch a documentary on 1940s Italian immigrants or would you rather watch The Godfather? You'd rather watch The Godfather because the characters are so compelling that you're actually pulling for the criminals. So let me just tell you a story. My husband and I one day got a text from one of our children that said, hey, do you want to meet me at this house? I want to look at this house to buy. And we were ecstatic because we didn't think that she and her family would end up living in our town after her husband finished his residency here. So, oh, so we were thrilled. We run over and we look at this house. It was a cute house, darling house. And the next day she said, there's another one. Do you want to come look at this house? So we went to look at this other house. And let me preface this (laughs) with sitting on my kitchen counter was a bid to remodel our kitchen and another bid to redo all of our landscaping. Both were quite costly, and I think my husband was having a heart attack because that very morning the contractor showed up, and as is sometimes the case, we're going to do a little more. We'll probably move this door, and then you'll need a new patio over here. Cha-ching, cha-ching. I could just see my husband. His face was in a proverbial frown. So we get in the car to go over and look at this new home, that our daughter might be buying the second house that she was looking at in a couple of days. And we pull up alongside of this house, cute, small, darling little house. And my husband looks at me and I look at him and I'm looking at that house and I'm thinking, this would be a great house for us. Now, understand, we were not even talking about moving, thinking about moving, even 
conceiving the thought of possibly moving. But my husband looked at that house. He turned and looked at me before we even got out of the car. He had one foot out of the car and he said, I'd rather move here than do all of those projects. And I was thinking the exact same thing. So I didn't say anything. You know, I get out of the car and we go and we tour this house because, of course, she's looking at this house for her family. And we were very excited for her to find something and other family members were with us. And so we go into the house and we're walking around the house. And I I said to the agent, the listing agent I happened to know, I said, I really like this house for me. Now, my husband and I hadn't even talked about it. And our daughter went and looked at the house and she came downstairs with her husband and her sister and they all said, and her sister's boyfriend, and they all said to us, this is too small for us, but we really think that you should buy this house. And it's so funny because that's exactly what we were both thinking, but still had not talked about it. So we go home and we actually start talking about moving. Now, We had no intention of moving, didn't need to move. All of our children are independent and on their own. And sure, we want to scale down a little bit, have a a nicer environment, maybe much smaller space. And that's what this house provides. It's a gorgeous home, up to date in everything. And I kept remembering the owner's cat sitting in its bed in the bathroom on the floor. And I kept saying, why won't this cat leave the bathroom? And the the agent said, well, that's because the floor in there is heated, which I had never heard of, a heated bathroom floor, but I guess that's great. And I kept thinking about this cat. The cat, whether we were walking around in the bathroom or not, didn't budge, was just going to stay in that bed on the floor. And so we go home and my husband and I are talking about the house and we're looking at each other and we're saying, are we going to actually pursue making an offer on this house? We had to make sure that our daughter didn't want it and that was pretty clear. And so we ended up contacting the agent who was taking our daughter around to look for a house saying, I think we want to make an offer on this house. And the whole time I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. Am I really doing this? Is this really happening? Now, let me go back a ways and tell you the backstory about how I came to be in the house that I was currently living in. I went through a horrendous divorce. Most of you that follow me know that. And my four children and I were on welfare, food stamps, and medical assistance, and homeless. The oldest one was about seven years old, and we were really in despair. And so I was able to purchase the house that my husband and I were currently living in when he and I got married. People said to us, oh, aren't you going to buy a bigger house? And I said, no, I'm very happy in this house. My children are all now gone. I don't really need more space. I'm happy in this house, and my husband was happy about that, so we just stayed here. We could have moved, but it didn't seem necessary. So now all of a sudden, here I am faced with something is pulling me to make a change here, but I can remember the transition of losing the house that my family was in when I went through the divorce. And it was quite daunting to have the sheriff show up on your doorstep and tape a sheriff's sale sign to your house. My husband 
placed his businesses in bankruptcy after I filed for divorce and I had co-signed all the loans for his business, which he defaulted on when I filed for divorce so that all of our marital property, including the equity on that home, that had a lot of equity and was about seven years into a 10-year mortgage. So I left the marriage with nothing but six digits worth of his business debt. He filed his businesses into bankruptcy, bought the assets out of the bankruptcy and opened up the same business with the same inventory and equipment and under a different name the next week. And the children and I are destitute. So when I finally could purchase this house, it really came with a lot of, uh, pride and care and I was so grateful. Yeah, I was angry a lot during that time, but I was just so happy to have my children in the same school district and be able to go back to school that September because I was really quite concerned that I wouldn't be able to get them back into the district so that they could go back to school after this scenario at the end of the summer. And when I had to move out of that house, it was quite sad. I can remember my one, my second daughter and I sitting on the swing set the last day as we were moving, looking at our house for the last time and the people that basically stole it from us out of the bankruptcy, driving up in their expensive cars, looking at us sitting in the swing set. And fortunately, they had the good sense to pull away until we left. But there was a lot of emotion, a lot of sadness, a lot of upheaval in that move. Um, So we moved into this house. I left the house very clean and something that I would be proud of. But now as I was going through the thoughts and the processes of moving, we made an offer, we negotiated on this new house, and the offer was accepted. Now I have to move and I'm going through all of the bins and boxes that I brought with me during that first transition. I didn't have the wherewithal to purge out anything. I just threw it all into Rubbermaid bins that I bought at Home Depot, hired a truck and just moved everything over here. But I don't, I'm, I'm now downsizing. So I have to go through all of that history, though wedding albums, the pictures, the baby clothes, the and it just was gutting. And so I remember doing this. My husband was out of the country f- for a week uh, doing work, and I'm starting to go through these bins, and I'm crying my eyes out, and I'm like, what is the matter with me? I tend to think I'm pretty well put together. I'm an executive coach. I coach people on how to handle scenarios just like this. What is going on with me? And it taught me something that I want to share with you about transitions. What I realized was that when I made that move, over to this house, I just stuffed into those bins every emotion I was feeling, put them in those bins, locked down the tops, moved them over here into the garage, and soldiered on. It is as if I just buttoned it down every discomfort I had about that situation and went into survival mode because that was necessary. 
I had to be the sole provider of these kiddos because I didn't have any more money to chase my self-employed husband through the courts. Nobody wanted to represent me because I couldn't afford them. So, you know, I had been on public assistance and I wasn't going to spend the little bit of money I was making working anymore on lawyers because I kept losing in court because make no mistake, whoever is the person with the most money is going to win the divorce because they can afford the better lawyer. It is a numbers game. And if you think not, you're dreaming. I watched it. I had a seven-year divorce and clearly was outclassed on the legal front because I couldn't afford it. At the end, nobody would represent me. I was representing myself in court. And as a matter of fact, that is the only time I won. My husband appealed a $269 a week alimony and child support award for five people. He appealed that. And that is when I went and represented myself in court. And that's the only time I won. So the point of this story is I had denied myself processing the hurt of all of this horrible scenario, the rejection, the abandonment, the I don't deserve this, how did this happen, the deer in the headlights, the pain, the suffering, that these kids didn't ask to be born, why are they having to suffer through this, can't you see to be responsible for your own children, blah, 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 all of that, I had locked down in these bins when I stuffed everything into them and put them into my garage. And so as I went through the process of opening these, and it was horribly painful, I didn't want to do it. But I knew it had to be done because I can't take all this stuff to a smaller place. And it was cathartic because after crying and crying and crying and sitting with the discomfort that I had locked down I started to feel lighter and freer and as if I had finally processed through all of this pain that I denied myself doing and had carried forward with me like a ball and chain through 20 plus years of me raising my children as a single parent, them finding their own careers, them getting married, them having their own children, me finding love after being single for 19 years, getting married, us building a life together. Now here I am finally processing through all this anger that I had carried with me for way, way too long. I was so relieved. I cried my eyes out and then I realized Yeah, and, not but, and, life is good. The point of this is to say to you, are there things from your past that you buttoned down and stuffed into drawers and closed your heart off to because they were so painful, you didn't want to face them? And if that is the case, Get out the photo albums, get out the mementos, look at the pictures, touch the mementos, 
Be in contact with the very things that will bring you back to what it is that you denied yourself. I needed to be able to give myself a big hug during that time and say, you're still awesome. Instead, what I told myself was, I can't believe I'm going through this. Will it ever end? When will this be over? How did this happen to me? There must be something wrong with me. If this kind of thing is happening, of course there's something wrong with me. It's permanent. It's going to be pervasive across my whole life. And it's personal to me. I'm flawed. It was remarkably freeing to just cry it out and say, I hurt. This was horribly painful. While I was trying to be strong for my children, I was denying my truth. While I was trying to be that pivotal executive, that woman who could play at the executive table with a room full of men, while I was trying so hard to have the executive presence of an astute leader, I had forgotten that inside there was a little girl who was screaming out and saying, hey, what about me? Can somebody give me a hug? Can somebody notice me? Can somebody validate that my feelings are scarred, they're hurt, they're burning and need someone to just pick me up and give me a hug? Arnie, my husband, is fully aware of my situation and everything that I went through. And when he came back from Germany, where he was on a trip for work that week, he could see how uh, this had affected me, and he was really good about it. He took all of the bags and got rid of them. We had 31 bags of clothes to give to Goodwill. I had lots of bags to uh, dispose of, and he has made this so easy for me, and I acknowledge and am grateful that I allowed him to be there for me, not soldier on and say, oh, I can handle this. I've got this down. I'll take care of this. I'll take these over to Goodwill. I'll take these over to the dump and get rid of them. I'll handle all of this. I allowed that help, and it was really sweet to know that, yeah, I deserve this, that I am lovable, that I am welcome and open to be helped because sometimes I need that and that doesn't make me weaker as a person. It makes me open to my vulnerability so that I can process through these deep emotions in the still space, be still with myself long enough to see what I am thinking, how it's affecting my emotions, and then how I'm acting on those emotions. Because during this time, when I was soldiering on, I wasn't at my best leadership. I was achieving a lot, and I was more disregarding the people around me as I was doing it and leading them to do it too. We were all just part of the goal of supporting my family. And once I finally started to realize 
what this was costing me in terms of close relationships with people and even a closer relationship with my own children, I began to work on this and I had worked on it for 20 years, which is what led me to be a very certified executive coach, lots of clients, all of the things that I do on the side to learn and grow. That's what is behind all of this because once I got to the other side, I realized what freedom was. My life completely turned around. I found love. I'm closer with my kiddos and their grand, my grandchildren, and life is rewarding again. I'm not empty. I'm not successful and empty. I'm full and happier and successful, and achieving, and busy, and having fun, and growing, and learning, and moving. And I'm excited to move. And yes, I still have some trepidations about leaving a house, because the last time I went through this, it was extremely painful. But because I allowed myself to process through that pain, I'm now excited. We went to pick out furniture. I mean, it's just, I can't wait. I'm really excited. And yes, sometimes I'm pulled backwards by the emotion of going through moving and a transition, especially one I hadn't even thought about doing. It just fell into place and I trust it. And I'm following my heart on this. And my husband the same. So the lesson in this for me, and I hope for you too, is that in our pasts, we all have things that we went through that were difficult. And if you find yourself not able to, quote, let go or, quote, move on, chances are there's something there that needs to be processed and honored that you didn't let go of. It was very difficult for me to sell my parents' childhood home after my father died and my mother moved into a nursing home. And I didn't know why. I couldn't figure out why is this so hard. Again, I'm an executive coach. I I should have this all together. It was extremely emotional for me. And I forced myself to go back over there and look in the windows of that house after all of the carpeting had been torn up, all of the furniture had been removed, everything was gone. And it was the shell of a house that held all of our memories, even with my children being in there, etc. What I realized is that there was a part of me that was still there that didn't want to leave, that wasn't ready to now be the matriarch of my family because my dad was gone. My mother was in a nursing home and not just able to be the leader of this family. All of this happened within two years and I wasn't ready. I was going quicking and screaming and that's why I couldn't find myself ready to let go of that house. Once I let myself realize that, go over and put my head in the lion's mouth, look into that house with nobody there in the shell of a house that it was, without all of us, the people that make a house, it was nothing but bricks and mortar, beautiful home with lots of memories, but that's all it was without the people 
The people are what made it. And it was now time for me to grow up because I had to be the matriarch of my family. So again, are there parts of your life that you haven't allowed yourself to feel the emotions so that you can move on, so that you can let go and are not tugged back by this gnawing feeling that this isn't right, it doesn't feel good. It will feel good after you allow yourself to feel that horrible pain that you don't want to go through, that you turn away from, that chases you down like a nipping chihuahua, as I said before, it will keep chasing you down until you can turn around, put your head in the lion's mouth, stare down at the chihuahua and say, I see you. And it's hard. It's hard. And I hurt here. And if you say that to yourself, this is an exercise for you. If you can write down what it is that you really are afraid of, that's really hard for you in the scenarios that I discussed today, one of those might be, I really don't want to move on to being the leader of this family. I miss my father. I won't be able to do it as well as, as he did it. I might fail, people won't respect me, I won't be good at it, or in the case of moving, I don't want to face the hurt that I felt during that time, it was horrible, I don't want to go back there, but the truth is I really didn't process it, I denied it and stuffed it down into those bins, I'm going to go down there and open those up and go through them, this will set you free. It's hard, no question about it. But it also brings the opportunity for new thoughts. So instead of the thought that I used to tell myself that transitions are hard for me, the new thought is, you know, I find that when I allow myself to process through the difficult emotions, I can process through transitions quite well. And on the other side are some exciting, fun things. I'm having so much fun decorating and thinking of a new house. I can't tell you. I'm excited. So my wish for you is to allow yourself to write down the things that scare you. Stand in front of the mirror and say them to yourself 25 times. I guarantee you by the time you get to the 25th time, they will not scare you nearly as much as the first time you say them out loud. This is linear and tactile and actionable. This is something you can do that will help you let go and move on and have that fun and love and excitement in your life that you know is present when you show up at your best, not your guarded self. I believe in you. I know it's possible. I know you have it in you. Risk. Risk and try it. I wish you the still space to be able to discover how awesome you truly are. Hey there. I want you to know if you're struggling in your career or in a certain work situation or personal situation, you don't have to go on that way. I'm here to help you. 
Go on over to my website, maryleegannon.com, and you will see all kinds of free tools and information there, a career plan, a checklist, a mini course, all types of things that will show you how to get back to you at your best. And there's information there on working with me because I'm quite certain that you don't need one more thing to be more effective or happier. You don't need another course or another book or another degree or another mentor, advocate, or sponsor. We need to get out of the way all of the smoke and mirrors that are shadowing you from who you are when you don't carry around all of that doubt that is hovering over you coming through and shining with the presence, with the value, with the persona that is noticed and respected, revered, and paid within your organization. So head on over to my website, pick up any of the free information that is there. If you want to talk to me, click on a consultation with me, and I'm happy to get on the phone with you and see if there's something that I can do to help you. Either way, I'm here for you because success is freedom, not more hours. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.